Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 466th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who brought residents, local government, and businesses together to build an epic garden and so much more. We're talking with Shannon McBride about successful community collaboration. Shannon grew up in the 19 North community in Central Phoenix, where she currently lives. In her career journey, she has held executive positions with Fortune 100 companies working in human resources, communications, strategy implementation, and training and development. Her community work began as pastor at Open Door Fellowship Church, where she founded 19 North, a nonprofit community development organization that is bringing together schools, churches, neighborhoods, local government, city offices, and businesses to help assure that every business thrives, every student succeeds, and every neighborhood is safe. Welcome to the show today, Shannon. Are you ready to rock? I'm so ready. Thank you. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Absolutely. I I grew up in this area. So there's a, I'm loyal to this area. It's my home. It has been. My daughter grew up here. And one of the things that that happened, the light rail came right down the center of our community. Mm. And that was a huge change, a huge change for us. But, But it became the catalyst and the opportunity for us to do something amazing together. It really brought our community together. What I realized is that we had a lot of great efforts happening, whether it was schools doing great things, neighborhood groups doing great things, police doing great things, but there wasn't really a way of bringing us all together for even greater things, greater work. So that was the idea. Is And so I threw it out there to a bunch of people and said, would you want to do this? And And so it began a journey of saying, what if we collaborated on a common vision for what we want in our community. And that birthed 19 North, that there's the name and, and every all the programs that we're doing now. Wow. And how has it been received by the community? I think really well. What my heart and bent is, is to find out what we have in common, the, the vision that we all want. What do we want? And then can we work on that together? What often brings people 
to meetings is what they don't want. They're mad. Mm. Something's happened that made them mad, scared them, they don't like. And so that that's a great conversation starter, but then that doesn't get you anywhere. And so my whole goal is to say, what do we want? And can we share that vision and get this, all those people around the same table to say, let's each do our part so that we can move where we want to go together. And so this really leads to a process of community collaboration. Why is that so important? Because really that's, that's how it all happens. You know, I, I tell the story a lot. The community garden is a, is a picture of exactly what this is all about. We had nothing as a, as a group. We had an idea of, Hey, let's, there's this empty space. Let's, let's go put a garden there. And, but how would we do that? We have no money, but we started pulling the right people together, people that could each do their part. And now we've got this beautiful space where gardening and community gets to be experienced. I liken it to the story, old children's story of stone soup. And briefly what it's about is soldiers come into a village and they're hungry. The village sees them coming from a distance and they hide. They hide all of their, their food. They hide, they close their shutters. They, they go in their little silos, their little house, their space. The soldiers are clever and they're hungry and they say, let's make stone soup. So they say, okay, I've got a stone. Now all I need is a pot. Well, somebody in the community says, well, well, I have this pot. Great. Now all we need is some onions. Somebody else says, well, I've got some onions. And great. Now all we need is potatoes. And little by little, they make this incredible, beautiful, delicious pot of soup that's better than any one family could have made. And if that isn't great, then you turn the page and they bring out their musicians and their tables and their chairs and their artists, and they experience community together. And that changes them. When the soldiers leave, the village is still standing together going, wow, we can now have relationship and we've done something together. And that is the essence of community. And that's the essence of everything I'm trying to do. Wow. And I can feel it in your energy and talking about it. How does it actually make you feel? It's life-giving. I feel like, I, you know, I'm 58 and I feel like it's all come together. All of my different work experiences and passions and personality and quirk and faults have all come together for this season where I get to do something I'm really, I really love doing because it feels so right. It's about people, everybody gets to win. And what I'm creating, like everyone wins because we're all getting what we ultimately want as far as a community and vision. So it's, it's, it's my joy. <laughs> nice. Well, and I've said for years is that collaboration is the way to go. This whole notion of competition, I happen to believe is kind of killing the planet. And yeah. what, what the solution is, is collaboration. Absolutely. I, you know, I think as a society, we're set up to function in our silos. I'm a school, I'm a church, I'm a neighborhood group, and we do some great stuff in those silos. And this concept, that's the paradigm breaker, is what if we actually worked together cross-functionally across those different silos to do something that we couldn't do, do alone on our own? And, and that's where the power is. That's where the momentum happens. And so I, I read in your bio, you're set up to help assure every business thrives Every student succeeds and every neighborhood is safe. Tell me about that. So when we started this, this all began with an advisory team that had neighborhood leaders and city government from planning, Department of Economic Development, the police, some churches, neighborhood groups, nonprofit organizations, all sitting around the table. And we were just saying, okay, what do we want? Again, that's what we had to figure out where do we agree so we could begin. And we came up with really the, the vision of, a safe, walkable community for all to enjoy. Okay, that's great. 
how do we do that? So we started breaking apart some of the things that we want. There was a lot of focus around businesses and economic development. There was a lot of focus around schools and success of our students. And there was a lot of focus around just the safety of our residents in our neighborhoods. So those became our three kind of umbrellas where all of our programs fall under. So that everything that we're doing is an effort to achieve that mission and that vision. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh And I stumbled across you, or maybe you stumbled across me, what, two years ago? Yeah. Well, I think it was with the garden and, you know, you're kind of well-known in the area. Mm -hmm. So I was excited just to have your partnership of, you know, again, reaching out to somebody who already is doing it and saying, teach me what you know. Do you want a partner? Do you want, and you are somebody who wants community gardens to thrive. So you're the perfect resource for us. So it's, that's kind of the, the way this all happens is finding somebody who's already doing it and work together on it. So yes, absolutely. Wow. Collaboration and action. Gotta love yeah. it. And when did you start this project? I think we started talking about it at least a year and a half ago, if not more. And when we first walked on the property, there was, what, six inches of gravel on it. It was basically the dumping pit for the the light rail having gone in. They stored their equipment there, yeah. I'm sure, right? They were storing, that's exactly, they were storing their equipment. And so they had to have, you know, a nice thick level of dirt and rock so that their heavy equipment could be there. Absolutely. And it wasn't big enough that really much could be built. It was kind of just this odd little space of land that a a business probably couldn't buy. So the city owned it. So it was first ever city owned property that's been leased to a nonprofit. So that's a cool partnership with the city. Again, the city had this property, didn't know what to do with it. Hey, what if we did this? And the win-win is the city has a great, beautiful thing happening on a piece of property that they weren't sure what else they could do with. So we both win. Right. And well, working with the city can often be challenging. Sounds like you had a pretty good relationship with them to be able to work well with them. I know that there's a significant fee for a water meter. Did you have to pay that fee? You know, my experience working with the city of Phoenix, different departments, has been incredible. Whether it's city planning or neighborhood services or the Department of Economic Development, I just have found them so helpful. And I think it's because I come in with trying to understand their vision and where can we collaborate rather than come in with a demand. It's like, what do you want? And where does it, where do we fit together that we can both win? So they want beautiful parks and garden spaces. So it's a natural fit. And yes, they were helpful. I think they discounted it tremendously for us to get our water put in and they were so helpful to make it happen. Excellent. So you have a piece of land and with gravel on it and a working relationship with the city of Phoenix. Where did it go next? So it starts with getting us all around the table with a team that we called the garden development team. And it had residents and businesses and city sitting around the table saying, okay, what do we want? It starts again with what's the vision. So we we did that, like literally, let's just put some words out there of what we want it to look like and feel like, and what do we want the experience to be in? And then we go, okay, so how would we get there? And then we started to design it and look, you know, we'd like shade and we want places where learning can happen. And we want there to be diverse kinds of foods being, and, and a lot of indigenous plants and foods and mm-hmm. let's have a little library. And so we just listed all those things that we'd want. And then it's like, okay, how do we make that happen? Well, it's going out and getting those partners. So really what happened was we had Kiewit McCarthy donated the metal for the fence, an artist that was in the neighborhood, Black, Black Dog Metal, welded it all for us. United Way donated the beds for us. The uh, International Rescue Committee has some 
gardeners from other countries that have come in to help with their expertise in desert gardening. We've got Bookman's gave us a little library um, that's keeping it filled for us. Yeah, and it just goes on. The list of all the people have just come and done their part. They brought their potatoes or their carrots, and now we have this delicious pot of soup is what's happened. Nice. Well, it's come a long way. I think when we originally chatted, I said... You're right. I think it was a year and a half ago. And when we originally chatted, I said, yeah, it's a three-year project. You remember you that did. conversation? Yeah. What and was you know, your and what it made me do, yeah, what it made me go is I'm going to show you. Because you <laughs> did. You were kind of go. you were. You were a little bit like, yeah, great idea. You know, and I do come across as kind of this, you know, excited puppy dog. And so I could tell you were like, mm-hmm, yeah, I don't know if you know what's going to happen with this project. And so, believe it or not, you challenged me because you said, I'm, you're not going to see this. And I thought, I'm going to do it within a year. You just wait and see. <laughs> and you did. And I did. And you did. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I did. We we the did. community did. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Because I've had an opportunity to work with some of the people that you've pulled in to make this happen. And, you know, after watching you for a year and a half, you are a master at bringing the community together. And I really want to acknowledge you for that. Oh, thanks. I, it is my joy. It is really life-giving. And I feel like I've said that what will make all of these things that we're doing sustainable are the relationships that have been built along the way. We know each other now. We know, you know, that's just not Ace Hardware, that's Logan. And and that's not just Albertsons, that's Kevin, who's the manager there. And, you know, we've, we've come out of our silos and, our ha- and, and started to build relationships and, and care about each other. And that's what will make this whole thing continue. Exactly. And so the mm-hmm. garden is thriving. You know, yeah, you, it really is. It's not my favorite time of year, Arizona in the summer to garden. But right. we've got some avid gardeners that are there, keeping it going, making it beautiful, harvesting. So I've said I'll be more involved when it cools off a little. <laughs> well, and that's you know that's you doing your perfect work. I think you know you've yeah. activated the community, you brought the resources together, you made this oh, about ten thousand square feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, br- you brought together this 10,000 square foot garden and all the resources and the people to do it. And, you know, a really good leader does that and then oh, turns it over. Thanks. That's really, thank you. That Because that's really my heart is I want to make this, to give it away. That's fun is to, is to build something up, find mm-hmm. the right people who are passionate about it and then give it to them and let it go. Let it become theirs, the expression of who they are. So it's it's going to change with time because, you know, different new leaders will have new vision. So that is part of the, the plan is to is to birth something and let it continue. You know, I've said for years that things happen because people say so. Mm. And I can clearly see that this project happened because you said so. You had the community behind you, but you said so about that too. Yeah, I think there's something about, what is it, is it positivity, is it, I don't, vision, I, you know, is to dream it. You know, you've got to, I think there's something about putting the dream out there in your head, in your mind, in your heart. For me, that's been part of it is is putting a picture of what would I like and then just working toward that and God willing that it will happen. Yeah. Exactly. So what effect has 19 North had on the community? And I'm talking about all the stuff you do because you don't just do the garden. You have many things that you do. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we have, I'm really excited about the workforce development program that we're doing with Washington High School. Washington High School is an amazing high school. It's ours here in 19 North. And one of the things that is needed in, well, everywhere is, is workers for the construction industry. We've got a light rail that's going to be going in. It's going from 19th Avenue across our freeway. And so with that becomes 
a real interest in, in building up the workforce that will pipeline into the construction industry. So going into the high school, going to do an incredible workforce development program with their engineering program, with their job fair, really making it very, very easy for not only the students, but families to find their way into some amazing jobs in our community. So we've got that. We've got the Business Alliance that's learned a lot along the way. And right now, I really love where the Business Alliance is. We do a lot of site visits and going out to businesses, walking the property, looking at what could we do to deter crime from our area, crime prevention through environmental design. So it could be as simple as lighting or fences or bushes, but until we get out there and walk it together, and by we, it's the police, it's the city council, it's the landowner, it's the business manager, walking that property together and looking at it and seeing what we can do. We've got some great changes that are going to make our community safer because of those visits. And we've got events that happen. We had First, our second Friday is happening all last year. Now we've regrouped and we're going to be doing what we call business takeovers, getting our community to go to some of our local businesses on the second Friday of every month um, just to support those local businesses, but also gather together and be in the same space. And I could go on. We've got a policy plan with city planning that is the community, again, coming together saying, what do we want for our future? What would it look like? And then putting that together in a package called a policy plan that developers can look at, that city planning can use to just overlay decisions that are made for our area in the future. And we've got an art center. So we've got partnered with Phoenix Center for the Arts and said, um, let's get some artists together and make this space theirs. And what would that look like if they got excited and had voice and influence in our community? So yeah, the list goes on. Wow. So tell me about the art center. Who can participate and what's yeah. that look like? So again, learning curve. We started off with, we were partnering with Phoenix Center for the Arts. They were offering classes through their website using that space. They were also finding artists that would come and use it for exhibits in that space. That was a, that worked great, but I thought I want even more. And it's part of passing it off. So now those artists that have done exhibits, we're bringing them to the table and saying, okay, if this space was yours, what would you do? So right now we're in the transition of saying, you know, let's make it more alive by literally letting the artists have even more influence of what the space is used for. So stay tuned on that one. Nice. Do you give art classes? Yeah, they did. So we were using the space where people could come and just do their class and, mm -hmm. and offer their classes there. We're kind of going to hold right now because I'm trying to, like I did with the garden, I want to pass it off to somebody because I had this idea and that's great. And we got it started. Like I get it off the ground and then I want to bring the people that are excited about it and say, okay, if I passed it off to you, what would you want to make it? So we're right in that space right now saying, what changes would you want to make? And what kind of businesses are involved in this process? Oh, we've got so many. Uh, so we've got Blue Cross and Blue Shield working with us to do an, an opioid forum, an educational um, opportunity for the community to really understand what is it that we're seeing in our community. We see people that are hurting in our neighborhoods. What's some of the underlying causes. So Blue Cross and Blue Shield, we've got a Brazos Central Campus, we've got Albertsons, we've got Los Compadres, we've got Ace Hardware, we've got the Beatitude Campus, we've got Bookman's. I mean, I could go on. They're all at the table because they all realize this is how we will become safer. This is how we will thrive as businesses and as a community to work together. And that's big business all the way down to small business, it sounded like. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the big organizations all the way down to really Mascadores, which is a mom and pop taco shop in the area that's amazing, delicious. Mm -hmm. And a brand new Honduras restaurant that's just opened up. Wow. How cool is that? So yeah. if I wanted to start something like this in my neighborhood somewhere, what advice might you have for me? So I would say 
it starts by lots of conversations. You know, I think it was trying to find, I needed to know first what was happening in the community. So I went to lots of meetings, neighborhood meetings, school meetings, church meetings. I was just trying to learn, like, what is out here? What is happening now? Who are the influencers? And then once I knew a lot of those is, is asking, would you want to work together? You know, so I got to throw out that vision of this idea of what if we collaborated? What if we could actually pull our resources together and exponentially move some of these things along that, that you're already working on? So I had to learn who the players were and then throw out the vision and see if they wanted to be around the table together. That's how I started. Cool. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it? I feel like I have failed more often than there's been success. And I feel a lot like as an artist, I feel like there's a lot of art to this, that creativity. And so just like I think I would put paint on a canvas and then not like it and want to start over again, or I feel like I start a lot of things that don't necessarily work, but I like the process of discovery. I like the process of creativity. I like to to try. And what I've said to myself and to God, like, I'm just going to open the door. I'm going to knock on the door, I should say. And if it opens and somebody says, yes, let's work together, I'm going to go in. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to go somewhere else. So I've, I've given myself, I give myself permission to fail a lot. And I have to talk myself off that ledge because I have the negative voice in my head that says, this isn't going to work. You're dumb. You don't know what you're doing <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. So I have to walk myself back into the permission to to fail and to learn. But the list of, of times it didn't work are, are really long events where not as many people showed up as I wanted or great ideas that just didn't make it off the ground. Yeah, I've got a lot of those. So what do you consider your biggest success? My favorite, favorite thing is when we have, whether it's a meeting or it's a garden work day or whatever it is, and I look around and it's us. Like it really is a representation of the community all gathered together because we're very diverse. We have lots of different ethnicities and ages and all of it. And so when, when we come together and I see us engaging, ah, it's just like I could really right now even cry. Like it's how it's supposed to be where we're side by side working on something together. And when that happens in the garden, like I literally get chills and I'll nudge the person next to me. Like, look at this. Look at what's happening. That's the best. Was there a time that something happened and that's when you knew in your heart you were doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing? I think it, it's been this discovery all along. When So I had an idea and then when it starts happening, you go, oh my gosh, it's happening. And so that was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. And then there was really, for me, God really affirmed some things for me in my heart of like, keep going. I want, this is what I have for you. And then it really was just watching people win. Like we all win. I get to be part of an opportunity where everybody wins. Everybody gets what they came to the table for. Like I get to be part of that. It's so fun. So (laughs) I think it was a journey of discovery and, and just watching it give me life, you know, truly. Awesome. And what drives you? I would say that. I would say it's the, the absolute joy of creating opportunities where community is experienced. Because I think we were designed for that as people, of really having places where we could be known and accepted and invited in 
and part of. We were made for that. And so when I get to create an opportunity where I see people experience that, boom, that's the best. (laughs) And then I think that we come back for more because it's something that we really all long for is community. Yeah, one of the things I notice around my local work that I do around fruit trees is it's and and seeds for that matter is that it's it's like Christmas when people show up. Yeah. The more we make it happy and fulfilling, the more people show up. Yeah, and isn't that fun? And then everyone leaves smiling and you go, I want to do that again. <laughs> right? Let's, let's keep more of that, please. Yes. If you could recommend one resource for our listeners, what would it be and why? I've learned about me that I don't learn by listening, like to just being in a lecture. Mm-hmm. I learn best by engaging. I have to ask lots of questions. That's how I learn. So for me, it's, it's finding people like you who know about the subject that I'm working on or need to know about and sitting with them, city planning, sitting with Josh and city planning and saying, okay, tell me, tell me how this happens and getting to ask all my questions. I learn best by asking lots of questions. So wherever the resource is that's already doing or what I, what I want to do is going to them and saying, and can I ask you a bunch of questions? So are you really, you're looking for mentors of sorts or mentoring. Yeah. Lots of them. Yeah. Lots of them. I feel like I have lots of them. You got to remember, like, I had nothing. I know nothing. So everything that we're getting to do is because there's other people around the table who have things and know things. Mm-hmm. And I just get to be an orchestrator of that conversation. And I, I actually saw that very clearly in the garden when where you got, you know, several companies to donate different things that made that garden happen. Yeah, because I'm not an expert gardener by mm-hmm. any means at all. So... I love that around that table, those, those are the people who want, I want it to be organic. I want to plant this. I, go, great, good. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to facilitate their expertise and, their, and release them to do what they love to do. Absolutely. I'm not, I need that. I need those experts. Mm-hmm. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I have found the greatest impact by turning the conversation from being mad about what we don't want to something positive. What do we want? And I, th- I think there's nothing wrong with being mad and there's nothing wrong with, you know, that's the feeling. That means something matters and that needs to be acknowledged. But then what do we do from there? And if it just stays in that place of being mad, angry, fed up with, it doesn't, nothing good comes of it. But if we can say, okay, so we don't want that. What do we want? What we'll find is we have a lot in common. There's a lot of people that want that same thing. And let's work together to make that happen. That shift in focus is what allows us to get some positive things done. So that would be my recommendation is shifting the conversation, not, not ignoring what's important, but moving from, I don't like this to, well, what do you want? And who else wants that, that wants to work on that with me? Yeah, my mom always used to tell me, if you got a complaint, I'll listen to your complaint, but I need two solutions. Yeah, and I think and I think that's where people start getting excited. And that's where people start, you know, the positivity is, is part of building community together. Like if we just stay, it's really easy to get people together to get mad at something. Right. But then what? Like, okay, so now we're all really mad. Now we're even madder. Okay, but now what? So vision helps move us. Yeah, and I like your vision to share it with us again. For the, the overall vision is a safe, walkable community for all to enjoy. And the mission is every business thrives, every student succeeds, and every neighborhood is safe. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and joining us on the show today, Thank Shannon. you. 
Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You bet. So how can our listeners find you? I would love to hear from anybody. My email address is Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, at the number 19north, spelled out, dot org. Shannon at 19north.org. I update our Facebook often, so you can stay updated what I'm doing there. We also have a website, which is 19north.org, which we're renovating right now. So I'd love to hear from anybody. Excellent. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash 19 North. We are your urban farming resource. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and everywhere podcasts are found. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.